0: There. Welcome to Truck Stop Murder and True Crime Podcast. I be Gary Howard and with me again is Ariel Cooksey from Malice. Awesome. There you go. This is gonna be hopefully this is gonna be a continue thing, my mid month malice episode of Malice. I thought kind of around the fifteenth or something. I think that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> awesome. I do, too, as long as you don't get too bored of me. Oh, please. <laughs> I won't get bored of you. I'll be excited any conversation, being stuck in this truck 24-7. <laughs> <laughs> but this episode, I won't get too much of the you know, iTunes reviews and all that stuff. We'll, we'll get to that at the end. But this episode, I was at the TA in Whitestown, Indiana. Mm-hmm. It's right north of Indianapolis. It's not too bad of a place. I mean, it's busy because it's near Indianapolis, mm-hmm. but it's not too It's pretty busy spot anywhere around that big city. As truck drivers, anytime you get around big cities, it gets pretty busy. Mm-hmm. And with them, and this you'll hear about the remember the last time I told you about truck drivers, pre Madonna's crybabies? Mm-hmm. Wait till you hear the reviews. I was kind of disappointed last week, but <laughs> this week there's a lot of complaining. <laughs> but yeah, TA. It's where is it? It's right there on sixty five. Have you been to Indiana? I haven't. No, you're yeah. not missing much. <laughs> <laughs> just it's like it, between that and Illinois, it's just cornfields and flatland. There's really not much of nothing.
1: All right. And right.
0: as you go up toward Chicago, you then you have Chicago areas, which is ghetto and you, Jackson Five. Remember that? I do. Indiana, Jackson mm-hmm. Five. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> this is um. On I 65 State Road 334 on exit 31. Normally, I don't stop at the because that place is they're, they're really greedy on their parking. Usually, they might have like this place right here, it has 169 spots, but I could guarantee you 100 of them are reserved, so you actually have to pay to park. Mm-hmm. So, like, where I park at. Like a lot of places, I feel that like they use you can use points because as you fuel, you get points. Mm-hmm. But T and you can use the points to park in these reserve pots, But TA won't let you do that. So yeah, they're pretty greedy. But this place, I had to stop here because it was busy around Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. And it has 169 spots overnight parking. Got nine showers. Yes, I do shower at truck stops. <laughs> 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 be but yeah, and if if you ever do travel through there and you want your little bite to eat let's see what kind of restaurants i'm going to try to go through this truck stop really fast because like i said the storyline i told you before is crazy hopefully getting down and tuck volume or soma cuz you ain't going to believe the story well if you yeah if if you're at this truck just say you're driving through in north india and you want to stop for a bite to eat this truck stop they have the country pride restaurant which is mm-hmm. like a country, like a cracker barrel type for truck drivers. Mm-hmm. And then they have Popeye's chicken inside the restaurant and the truck stop as well. But because they own, they're own, owned by TA and Petro, the prices go up. So what? you can't get the regular. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's ridiculous. If, because as TA runs them, like, well, like Burger King's, if there's a Burger King there, you might as well forget about the two for five Whoppers because they don't do that because wow. they're owned by so any sales that the restaurant has normally is not exempt in these tas matter of fact some of these tas and petros will actually charge you extra for the convenience of being in a restaurant at a truck stop that's a, like dick there's a move <laughs> that's ta and petrol for you anyway they could get a dime out of truck drivers yeah um joplin missouri i, I told me i stopped there for there's a taco bell there Mm-hmm. And there's a surcharge on it for like two fifty, three dollars. I say, what's that? Oh, this is convenience charge. What? <laughs> yep, that's T A. So you got the Popeyes there, then, and then I didn't go too far. Usually with these restaurants, I go within a quarter mile of the restaurant, because after that, you might as well just go there. But there actually is quite a bit here. You have the Barrel, Panera Bread, Starbucks, City Barbecue, these and in- there you go that's about it that's within a quarter mile if you mm-hmm. ever travel through there and oh i almost forgot the reviews and the reviews this place i'm just gonna go into once st- and a lot of them they're complaining about the popeyes pretty much <laughs> like the one star anonymous user said country pride is close to corona covid19 which why would you want to use that as a review on a restaurant i don't know that's state brand ain't it is it, wouldn't that be more of a state right thing to have? I would think so. Certain... Well, he's mad at the country pride because of it. It was closed because of COVID 19. And another one, Marcia loves God said the cashiers are acting irritated. I'm a mush mouth. Irate. There you go. Irate. The catchers Is were I raged. Yeah. <laughs> that was complicated. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. I know,
1: really simple words. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, you were you. I bet you were. <laughs> okay. Now here goes the Popeyes. Another anonymous user, um, walked into Popeyes and was told, "I would need to be served. He would, you would not be served without a mask." So they're they're really up, you know, making sure people wear their masks. Another one star with this girl you're talking about at Popeye. She pulled her mask off over her nose. And we saw me walk in without a mask. There's a male employee with his mask all the way down to his chin in the kitchen. Well, I'm not gonna go too but A lot of these are just about the Popeyes bitching mm-hmm. about that. They have to wear a mask and stuff like that. You probably see them where they're wearing them all wrong. Oh, like their yeah. nose would be sticking out or Yeah. But and no, that's another truck stop out there. But yeah, a lot of people are just bitching about that. A lot of the truck stops I've been to, they have they've had to close down a lot. They, I, they can't just completely shut down the trucks and where the truck drivers we but because of the COVID, mm-hmm. they've had to make a lot of changes within their schedule because of this. So the case that I heard it, it I in Whitestown, Indiana. I'm sorry, it's long be today. <laughs> but um Larry Eiler, you said you've heard about this individual, huh? I've heard of him. I'm
1: actually I mean, and I'm I'm a pretty big uh, serial killer buff. I'm going to assume he's a serial killer Uh, (laughs) because you were. Yeah, he is. Kind of hold on tight on this one. Um, Yeah, I don't really know anything about
0: him aside from his name. Yeah. See, I've never even heard about him and uh, by the way, that the information I got from is from Trucker's Path. Oh, cool. That tells okay. you everything. So if you travel, if you ever want, I like to put that information out because eventually I put this on Facebook pages, they might know what to look at. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I've never heard of Larry Alder. I've seen a lot of serial killers. As a matter of fact, where this happened at is where a lot of my running grounds was. I mean, mm-hmm. taking I was a teenager, it happened like between seven, about 81 and 84 This Mm -hmm. all happened around that time. I was a young kid at the time, but this happened like Northwest happened in multiple States, but mainly like Chicago and Indiana. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Larry Eiler also known as the highway killer, interstate killer Mm. and exciting. So furthermore, so Larry William Eiler. Was born December 21st, 1952, in Crawford, Indiana. He was the youngest of four children born to George Howard Eiler, which I'm not going to get. To. There's the dates. Was September 19th, 1924, and Shirley Phyllis Kinder Kennedy could be a Kennedy. But yeah, his father was a real bad alcoholic, known to have physically and emotionally abused his wife and children. Mm-hmm. Which I'm sorry, the hip. His parents. come to find out a lot of the, through the years. His mom will remarry a lot of people. You know, mm. a lot of different men. She should go through like four different marriages, mm. and being the time frame, is, which never baffles me, it being abusive to your wife was more acceptable back then for some reason. I don't know why. Mm. We've come a long way since. Especially when it comes to like alcoholic. Like I know myself. I grew up in like an abusive family. Mm-hmm. So I just was. So he grew up thinking that was a norm, you know, plus with the husband's they she had a, four kids, so she really had to, you know, put it out there to try to support all these and then you have abusive husbands on top of that mm. who's really not supporting them, it makes life hard. Sure. So so while she was at work Course it would be she did have to be you know separate a lot aller's parents separated when he was two years old and he and his sister regularly was placed in with baby sisters baby sitters mm-hmm. foster families or simply left in care of their two other siblings so their kids would be actually be watching them mm. so through this time he really never had like a, a male role model right take care of him. a lot of people will think this would, would come around to this but um, yes. Yeah, so Eiler attended St. Joseph's High School in Lebanon, Indiana. Although tall for his age and active in sporting activities, he was directly targeted by bullies too. Being from a poor family and mm-hmm. his parents, of course, divorced frequently, leaving him to his sister Teresa to confront her brother's tormentors all the time. So her his sister stuck up for him a lot.
1: Well, I mean, so you find out ways. he had like
0: a real. I'm sorry. Oh, I
1: just said. Well, he had that at least, you know. I mean, doesn't sound yeah, I mean, like they, much they else have going
0: on. Oh no, because his mom was at work. Because I said like four different marriages, mm-hmm. and they all left him just abusive. And then the sister being, because people, you know, how kids could be there if you're, you ain't got the stylish clothes, or whatnot, you get picked on mm-hmm. by everybody else who might have the haves have nots. And of course, his sister would pick up, you know, stick up for him. So, in 1957, Eiler's mom remarried. This marriage lasted for one year before the couple divorced. His mother married for a third time, which I'm just yeah. repeating this, all this other stuff. But due to his increasing stubbornness and erotic behavior, of course, with that, there's nobody, there's no male figure. Kind of keep him in line. Behavior, at the, so at the age of 10, Eiler's mother placed him in a home for unruly boys. Ugh. Oh. So... He found his experience emotionally devastating, and within weeks had tearfully persuaded his mother to allow him to return home, promising to improve his behavior. Shortly thereafter, Eiler underwent a psychog- psychological. Uh, why can I speak today? <laughs> Psych- psychological evaluation from a child guidance cli- clinic. These physical tests um, revealed Eiler to be an average intelligent intelligence. Although those suffering from severe insecurity and holding extreme fear of separation and abandonment, I want to see where that comes from. Yeah. You deducing these fears sourced from his home staff, recommended by other temporary place in a Catholic boy's home. So it seems like people just constantly getting Should rid getting of back them. Back
1: and forth. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Then, you know, um, I worked for... A while for a nonprofit organization. And part of what they did, they had um, an orphanage and children's home. And um, Mm -hmm. there was a child there that I met who was 13 years old. And because he had been to so many placements, shuffled back and forth, it was traumatic each time. By the time he was 13, he'd regressed to the point uh, emotionally and physiologically that he was no longer potty trained. I mean, it can take a huge impact, huge hit on a kid's brain.
0: Oh, right, I know because I have a relatives at the same thing where he had a mental breakdown. He just kind of gave his kids off to everybody and they they have not been the same. Mm-hmm. So I mean there's no not like, like I said abandonment problems, no security or nothing not no. It just try and get attention from anywhere they could mm-hmm. grab it from so that's how his childhood grew up and it just did it did not get any better from there so when he finally reached puberty every island discovered something he i I don't know if you remember i mentioned this a few weeks ago about what i was going to cover but he had discovered that he was a homosexual he Mm -hmm. was attracted to men Mm -hmm. but the problem was he was not happy with that he was it was like um uh, the thing where he, he was not really Physically attracted to women but he was attracted To men but he did not like the idea of Him being that way
1: right I mean, and he was that open time by though, At that time though I mean It would have been a real social Stigma right Oh yeah you know so that's During Probably like why segments. yeah That's probably why he was So upset With himself about it
0: Hmm. But yeah Let me see sexual profession though this was in high school and he occasionally he tried dating girls although none of these relationships became physical having somewhat religious since childhood that's another thing because his religious beliefs kind of like you said because the standard of -hmm. the time because if you you just weren't gay they came out you were Mm -hmm. considered just crazy so isla remained as residence residence for six more months of the care I'm having a hard time talking today. I do apologize. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> so do, let me see where I was at. So he failed to graduate high school, although he did later obtain a GED. Mm-hmm. In a, well, you know, GED. shortly after leaving college, Iler obtained employment at a security guard in Merriam County Hospital. He worked as an employment for six months before losing that position and find alternate work with a sh- shoe store. Mm-hmm. During this time, he actually just went job to job to job, trying to find whatever fit him. He eventually moved to. Let me see my notes. By seventies, he was. Let me see. Shoe. Guess I got my notes. He, so, I'll so, to work with a shoe store while well, in this employment. Isler began familiarizing himself with the Indianapolis gay community. Mm-hmm. So figuring out gay bars and frequently engaging in casual liaisons with men several of these individuals you no know, this is what you what i was telling you about how he was not really happy about that because mm-hmm. when he did have intercourses with these men he would actually cuss them out oh he engaged okay. with them and while he's doing that he wouldn't look at them and he'd be you fucking slut you fucking bitch and just cussing them out but he would be oh. continue doing this stuff so that's where he was really known about their so I am sorry. I'm trying to rush this, and I should not be.
1: You're fine. I promise.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know. Sometimes I get in a rush, and and like I said, it's been a long day. Yeah. But, okay, here's where are you sitting down? I yeah. Uh, I I see you are. I'm so, gonna need a
1: stiff drink after this, aren't
0: I? <laughs> I think so. So in <laughs> okay. August. Well, you, you get the idea by his how he grew up. You know, mm-hmm. broken up families. He realized he was homosexual, attracted to men. That he he was not kind of like I don't know if you ever watch any stories about Freddie Mercury. He had the same thing mm-hmm. where he tried to interact with that girl Mary, but he could just not. And that's where he had. So, here we go. On August 3rd, 1978, Larry Eiler picked up a 19-year-old hitchhiker named Craig Long on 7th Street in Terre Haute. Shortly after Long entered the pickup truck, Eiler proposed youth resulting in a Long's attempt to leave the vehicle. Well, he actually proposed to him if he could tie him up. This is his thing. He would like to tie him up mm. and put blindfolds on. This guy, he was not in it. So, leave the vehicle. So he tried to leave the response. Eiler pressed a knife against his young, ugh, against a youth's chest as Long stated, I don't have props. Wait, I don't have any money. Eiler then drove towards a rural field stating, it's not your money I want. I'm not, I, I'm not after your money. Then he ordered Long to undress before he handcuffed the youth, bound his ankles, then ordered him to climb into the back of his pickup truck where he already had a mattress waiting for him, kind of like in plastic. Uh-huh. And then Long attempted to flee from the pickup as Eiler undressed. Eiler chased him with a, with a after him, but Long shouted, so he's staring, the guy's shouting, you queer? In response, Eiler stabbed the youth in the chest repeatedly, puncturing his lungs, Long's slumped to the ground, frightened the death. He later stumbled to a nearby house where actually at the time, I forgot to mention that he actually played dead. Oh, He stabbed him a few times figured he figured he, he actually feel, you know the air breathe out. So he actually punctured the lungs and he thought, so he figured if he act dead, that maybe that he'll leave him. That's exactly what he did. So he was able to Smart. get up and go to a house where he was Where the police was actually called. By that time, Eiler had already returned. He saw where he went, went by the house, and told um, the person there, hey, I just stabbed somebody. Mm. So he actually confessed to Eiler later. Shortly, therefore, Eiler drove to the house as long received first aid and offered the key because he was still handcuffed. So Mm. he offered the key to the sheriff. Sheriff's deputy claimed that he had stabbed a young man accidentally. He was arrested and taken to custody and in search of his vehicle, recovered a hunting knife, a metal tipped mm-hmm. whip butcher's knife and further set of handcuffs, tear gas and a sword. That sounds accidental. So, oh yeah. So Arler <laughs> was later charged with a, a aggravated battery to which he agreed to, ple- to plead guilty. A judge set this bond for $10,000 and this son was raised by his friends. He was released on bail until August 23rd. And this day, Eiler's lawyer, and he was sent to jail for 10 years, came out, and everything's fine now. There you go. Oh my, Well, that wrapped up nicely. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. Aww. You think I would just leave it at that? No. What happened was Eiler's lawyer um, intercepted um, the individual. for. And he offered him a check for $2,500 in return for his degree, not to press charges. And, of course, Long accepted it. He took the man's check and I learned, changed his plea to not guilty and such. And he was acquitted for that. So the wow. judge had to acquit him and just with prejudice, of course. Whoa. So he paid the guy $4,200 and said, hey, don't, don't say nothing. You know, just leave. Don't press charges, which he didn't. And the judge knew what was going on. So he dismissed the case, acquitted him with prejudice. Okay. Say, I have to do this because there's there's no, there's nothing. But we, he got, he had to pay $42 in court costs.
1: $42.
0: $42 in court costs.
1: Well, so. Shit. Ain't that something? It sounds like not quite enough.
0: Yeah, but there's nothing he give him that's about the only thing he right. can that's why he did it with prejudice. so right. while this was going on so imagine what could have been stopped because as mm-hmm. while this is going on they with the same matter they're finding all kinds of bodies like let's go through a little timeline you know so from 78 uh, 78 82 well this is what they on the timeline says a 14 year old victim Devoy Baker, whose body was found dumped on the side of the road. Matter of fact, I if, if I go through all these names, we'll be here all night. Because there was oh, no. a lot of them. Like Stephen Crockett, October 23rd, 1982, Edgar Underkoffler, October 30th, John Johnson, November 1982, Stephen Agan, December 19th. John Roach, December 22nd. David Black, December 30th. Irving Gibson, January 24th. This was all in 83. Oh and the God. name just goes on and on. That's why I understand, especially with that being done, mm-hmm. about how he got with the stabbing, could have stopped there. But because he they paid the person 2500 bucks, they dropped the charges. Mm. Which baffles me. It seems like that the court would have been able to just jump in and take over charges. Don't you think so? I would I would think. I mean, I,
1: to me, it's like an attempted murder, but I guess if the victim drops the charges, then there's
0: not much that right. can do. Right. I would think so, but I maybe back then it was like a little different thing because I know I got trouble before where I mean, my wife got into a an little accident and mm-hmm. where she actually filed charges against me, but right before I went to the Army, she dropped the charges, but then the state took over. Oh, like, wow. that's fine, huge job. And it seemed like they could have done something like that, but without the victim. Mm-hmm. So so during this time, that was, that was during these years up to 83. Like I said, there's like 15, 20 missing. I mean, they're constantly finding these bodies. And they all have similar similarities with mm-hmm. them where they've been stabbed viciously with their pants down around their ankles. Mm-hmm. And, of course, just mutilated in different fields and areas. And were known to be around homosexual areas. Mm-hmm. That's why they started questioning people who, who they know, where they've been hanging out at, whatnot. And they quickly came up with Larry Eiler's name. Mm-hmm. But the problem is they didn't have no solid evidence. They right. have nothing, you know, really getting them on this, where he got it from. So they just mm-hmm. started following him all over the place. Where they tracked him at um, going around Chicago, around a gay area. Mm-hmm. And where he picked up one guy, and I, I don't know why I think it's so funny, but it's called um, the delivery, wait, not the delivery room, <laughs> but um, the, load dock. Oh, the, load the loading dock. The loading dock. <laughs> loading dock. And I, the, whole my, the only thing I keep on thinking is parties in the front, deliveries in the rear, boys. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, so, but yeah, so they start following around and they notice they had hey, picked up a an individual. Mm-hmm. And with what happened with the other guy, he started proposing them how to, you know, tie up and stuff like that. But he didn't want to do none of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So on September 30th, 1983, uh, they finally got in. This was in Chicago. They end up in low Indiana where mm-hmm. he finally convinced them. Okay, fine. I'll tie me up and everything like that, but let's do it over there. So they pulled off on of the road in the truck. And so this is when the highway patrolman spotted a pickup truck parked alongside Interstate 65 with two men moving towards a nearby stand of trees. One mm-hmm. appeared to be bound, like I said, and the officer went to investigate, identify Larry Eiler as the owner of a truck. His young companion accused Eiler of making homosexual propositions, then asking permission to tie him up. And they searched. So they searched the vehicle, revealed surgical tape nylon clothesline, and a hunting knife, stained with human blood. Mm. Forensics experts noted that the blood type matched Ralph Kelsey, one of the other victims, mm. while tire tracks mm. and imprints of idlers' boots made a fair match to the tracks by the field where Kelsey, Kelsey, Kelsey was discovered. Mm. But keep in mind, while they're doing this, they never really arrested them. They brought them to the station where, the Indiana station where they're waiting for, by this time a task force has, had already been arranged because they're trying to in to figure out who's doing all these killing of all these men along the highway. Mm-hmm. And so what they did was they detained them, but they never arrested them. Hmm, so okay. by the they got all this evidence, finally, after about eight or nine hours worth of holding them up, they finally just let them go.
1: Oh my God. And by,
0: they, they had to let them go. Because they have really have no evidence on, you know, besides circu- a lot of it was circumstantial evidence. And, but what they did, and here's the problem back then was was Illinois, the task force had a lot of evidence, mm-hmm. but the, the local police department actually dropped the ball on it because they did a lot, they did a lot of things where they shouldn't have done, mm-hmm. where a lot, of, like tires, they usually make a mold out of them, mm-hmm. where they just rolled it on a piece of paper. Oh, which was not sufficient at all. No. They, they took some evidence, but which this will come back and haunt them later on. Oh, I'm sure. And another, another part of rage. So when they showed, the task force showed up after he already left, of course, there's all kinds of issues because they weren't talking to each other. Indiana was trying to do their own thing. The task force mm-hmm. in Illinois was doing their own things, but they were not communicating Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, that was one of the things that Ted Bunny said. He said, if you want to do the perfect crime, all you have to do is kill somebody in one county, dispose of the gun in another county, dispose of the body in another county, and go to another county. And they never, nobody will ever know. And that's what's going on in this case, too. Yeah. So they had to let him go. So by this time, he actually moved in to a person named. Little, let me pull his name up. I'm sorry for not being organized as I should be. You're fine. But this one um, person that, huh? I said you're fine. You've been on the road. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he, this is when he moved. Well, before he did, he actually while this is going on, he actually did come with um. And this is the person another his first relationship that he mm-hmm. had with. A long-term relationship. While this was going on, on August of 81, I forgot to mention this. Iler had formed a long-term relationship with a 20-year-old married, married man. Oh. Yep. Yeah, named John Dobroskis Okay. Where he lived with, where he actually lived with this man to include his wife. So okay. With his wife. Two children and three foster children of North Greenview in Chicago. So this is where he was living while this was all going on. Of course, his wife Sally was tolerant of her husband's sexual preference, and in fact, her husband's love, her husband's lover often lodged with them, lived with them. Like I said, Mm -hmm. paying a third of the rent. Oh, okay. It was one of things where he was gay, but his wife decided that it was. Since he was a good-looking guy, that she'll just deal with it. Fair enough. She, I mean, you know, look, I'm, the, not the fan
1: I'm not here to yak anyone's yum. If it works for you, <laughs> good. I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I think afterwards she probably was a
0: little horrified, but <laughs> oh, oh yeah. This again, this is just whole is going to bite them all in the ass too later yeah. on. But yeah, they had a uh, matter of fact, Isla was really. You know, pr- you know, jealous of him. He wanted to be this man's Bob's only man in his life. He didn't care about her, mm-hmm. but he wanted to be the only one. And a lot of times they'll get into arguments where Eiler and this guy, I cannot pronounce his last name, so I'm just going to say John. It's some kind of foreign name. Okay. Dobrovsky held a. Tension for mechanism, the sexual activity, frequently, of course, Eiler binding his partner devices before proceeding to beat and lash at him, so they're really into bondage. Oh, okay. I guess. okay. So that's just how he did, and because where was I at? I so it, you, saying yeah, you would he argue. would like? I'm trying to explain this, and I'm not. Yeah. He was into it, but when people physically attacked him, he would not really, you know, react was, towards them, yeah. But he would when he, when he picked up these men that he would do that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So while this was going on, he was actually living at another guy's house in Terre Haute, Indiana, and with this one guy, Little, okay, Robert Little, which was a professor. Where did that go? Robert Little. Mm -hmm. which was a professor he also was a homosexual guy that he stayed with but i think with this individual he's seen a more as like a father figure you know he's older a lot of times they will go to the bar and larry would actually hook him up with guys oh interesting okay those kind of things and he never did like john so there's big issues with going on with there Mm -hmm. but enough about larry's sexual relations so they finally they're getting all the evidence illinois and indiana finally start talking to each other and they finally did a raid on the littles house mm-hmm. where they they, they didn't find nothing like that but with all the evidence they found in indiana the truck in low indiana they decided to go ahead and arrest them again mm. where they had put up a million dollars bond on it but with further investigation and whatnot and they realized how they got the information and see i did not know that you could do this with mm. all the information they got from the truck that was in low indiana was all tucking illegally mm. and because all the information that was compound with that was 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 not legal either because it was tucking off <sighs> illegal so what they end up doing was they end up dropping the million dollar bond down to ten thousand dollar bond huh. where he where he was able to quickly come up and out of the jail he goes Aww. <laughs> you see what uh, I'm saying this is, yes. this is, and at this time he already killed a bunch of people yeah. but they have no evidence on any of these like i said he's known to kill like 21 people 23 people uh, yeah. with names so well, and, and like i said go ahead.
1: i just it, 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 the, the evidence they did have, circumstantial though it was, they fucked up. Like what?
0: <laughs> exactly, like I said the first time, they um they couldn't arrest him. So if he would have went to jail for the stabbing, who knows what would happen after that? But because the his lawyer was able to pay twenty five hundred dollars to get the case dismissed, because there's no witness, so there's no crime. Paid forty two dollars, and then when. The, because the states weren't talking to each other, they really buffed Indiana, really messed it all up. They ended up releasing them then, but mm-hmm. because they did all the evidence wrong and then they d- did everything illegally, by the time they got all their P's and Q's and orders, they couldn't use none of that stuff because it's all illegally obtained. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, through saw he actually tried a, a lawsuit, which I don't believe understand why he would do this. Why would your number one suspect for a massive murder why would you try to sue the, the state of indiana hmm. for for harassment i think he came down to i would just be i mean i'd be crossing my fingers that nothing comes up again but mm-hmm. nope so and then with this because of the rest and now let's bring you to danny bridges but before let me tell you about this poor boy he actually had like a life like Larry Adler, oh. where he, you know, broken up families and whatnot, end up in prostitution, you know, he was a kid, he was like 15 years old, but nobody wanted him. And mm. then he got into the street, like prostituting. Matter of fact, there was a movie a documentary about this called Silent Shame, where mm. they documented all the young kids. In fact, he actually, when they the, the producer found, director found this, found him, he was actually in North Carolina, brought him back to Chicago tried but he just went right back in the street mm-hmm. so so one day on police 3 months later on August 21st a janitor with a skittish dog led his master to examine Larry Irish garbage in Chicago mm-hmm. police were swiftly summoned to claim the remains of there's a bunch of garbage bags uh, of like I said Danny Bridges a 15 year old which Homosexual hustler whose dismembered body had been neatly bagged and disposed of. Oh, so another victim to Lariata, where it could have been pre- you know, prevented if they would have kept him in jail. So he's just keeping jail out of jail, out of jail, mm. and more people. So, like I said, he was. I'm not gonna go with everything they said because they're making this poor boy seem like just a, a monster, you know, prostitute. Like he's, he had a choice. fifteen. There, he's fifteen, and like I said on the documentary of silent Shame, there that's what they talked about. where all these kids? They just kind of back then, like parents, like with Larry, you know, divorced families right. and what. Yeah, and so they had nothing but the street.
1: Well, to, and I mean, you know, there's a there's a uh, an expression you know that's used: survival sex for kids. You know, yeah. it's what keeps them fed. It's what keeps them, you know, in in a place where they can function on the streets. And I mean, but a child can't consent. You're absolutely right. That's rape. It's mm-hmm. exploitative of children.
0: Yep. Mm. But yeah, it could have been avoided. If, like I said, if the states would have talked to each other. So a lot of what really got him was was the the like I said, the janitor saw Larry Isler was bringing a bunch of bags to the dumpster. And prior to that, somebody actually called the police and said there was a hand. They thought they what they thought was a hand in the garbage, but they didn't take them seriously. That, that was a joke. But when the you know, janitor called, and said this guy keeps throwing trash in my dumpster. That's when and his dog was freaking out on the back. So they looked. that's where they found the body.
1: Oh, my God.
0: So they connected it to Larry Eiler real quick. They found out who it was. And then this finally arrested him. One million dollars. Oh, thank God. Fine again. But with this, issue is they had him on the murder, but they are trying. They're trying to get him on the death sentence, mm-hmm. and they're trying to find an aggravating circumstance on that. And they further to prove that he kidnapped them, mm-hmm. which they couldn't prove that if the kid went on his own free will or not. But like you said, he's fifteen years old. There's no free will to a fifteen-year-old. He's a kid. Mm-hmm. But the justice saw through all that nonsense, and after many many months of trial everything he was found guilty and God. the reason they did say he did go down his kidnap. Mm-hmm. as kidnap matter of fact the judge said it was all pre it was the worst case ever he brought this young boy in there had no regard for him mm. raped killed him beat him and then dismembered took the time to dismember him like he was just a car you know animal ready for mm. barbecue and disposed of him like trash mm. So, of course, they came back. We'd be gone with you. Death penalty. Mm-hmm. Death penalty. So that's where he sat on death penalty. Until you know, while this is going on, that guy, John, his family, they actually started investigating him to figure out what's going on. Because of investigation, they lost all three of their kids. Oh. The foster kids. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if they lost their regular kids, but I know their three kids. They, they lost them because of that circumstance right and they they end up separating and whatnot and then moving to california but it's, it's raining heavy here <laughs> but I on the hear it promise that's fine it's, <laughs> it's been raining but something happened to john while he was in california after he came back mr john came up with found out that he had aids Oh no. And you remember who John was, don't you? Right. His, his that was his prior. Exactly. So he decided, you know, maybe let's maybe check this into. Maybe I might have it. And yeah. Wow. So once he found out that he did have AIDS, he tried to, you know, say, hey, I will, you know, tell you everything you want to know. Drop this to life sentence and I'll give you all the information so these people could come with. You know, be know where the loved ones at, but they did not agree with it. They wanted to kill Larry oh. Eiler. So, with that being said, he even actually went as far as where his um the other guy, Little, the professional mm-hmm. he stayed with, he tried to say that he was actually involved in some of the cases. Oh, and one no. of the cases. Mm-hmm. He tried to tell him tell that he did it. Matter of fact, because he was he was always Little was always considered an accomplice, but they never really had no proof on him. Mm-hmm. So while he was on, he ended up going to Indiana and being a um, witness on that case, mm-hmm. said that they had picked up one of the boys. And while Larry was performing, because he liked to do, he said, Larry like, Little liked to do like role models, like a role play type thing okay. where he took pictures of everything every stage, like took a picture of him standing like she took a picture of this, took a picture of that. Mm-hmm. And he she told him that if, when they did a search of Little's house right before he got arrested, They didn't find no pictures because they did not search Little's bedroom or the shed, which were all Mm. the pictures. And, of course, after that all happened, everything was destroyed. Of course. So with all that being said, of course, he was found not guilty. He was acquitted from that. Which was was him. Wow. So, and, of course, he came after it's all said and done with. He escaped the execution because he died of AIDS. Wow. And wow. Let me see. Where's the date? I guess it's relevant when. But yeah. Oh, right here. March the 6th, 1994. A 41 idler voice a death penalty by, by passing away from AIDS-related diseases. I mean... It's a it, crazy story. It
1: was still a death sentence. It was.
0: Um, you know? <laughs> yeah. But the whole story is crazy. When I heard about this, I was like, how is this not... I mean, this is I mean, he, he killed I, over 23 people. Like oh I said, I could go on with all the names and go with all the victims. I have a timeline of everything right here, but we'll be here talking forever. That's why I'm kind of stuttering through because I'm trying to think what should I put on? What should I not? What should I exclude? What's important? What's not? Right. Because there was just so much from his childhood, how he was raised, how so many separations, why he is who he is. He was right. an angry homosexual that. Knew he was homosexual, would not accept it. Yeah. And through this time, the states not talking to each other, stabbed someone to death. Not not to death, but stabbed somebody thirty something. Matter of fact, a lot of his victims were stabbed exceeding of thirty times. So we're talking big time over overkill. <laughs> yeah, because he would not only have intercourse with these individuals, but he'd be mad that he's doing it. Right. And taking out, screaming at him. Like I said, a lot of times when he was having these relationships with men, he'd be cussing them out as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So he just stabbed the crap out of him. So how, how is this not up there with like Jeffrey Dahmer or John Wayne Gacy? Uh, yeah, and then I three mean... times he he, he escaped the prison, which could have ended. Matter of fact, if he went to jail the first time, who knows, there would still be 23 people alive today. Could and be. then for sure, if they would have gotten the second time and did everything legally, poor Mr. Bridges would have been. <laughs> Yeah.
1: Still alive, yeah. So, oh, I just hate st- it.
0: Mhm.
1: I just hate it. I mean, but yeah, I mean, we see that though. You know, in people, I know for sure, Gacy felt that way. You know, mm-hmm. um, he struggled with his sexuality big time, and a lot of the a lot of his victims were very similar um, to at least the age that he was when he sort mm-hmm. of made that admission to himself that that's right. how he felt, you know? So, I mean, in a time that there was that much stigma and, you know, with with Larry growing up with all these different men who were all abusive, you know, he's looking at men as somebody to to hate and feel rage about anyway. And violence is right. mobilized. And so when he finds that he's attracted to men, that's probably a little bit of that rage too. You know what I mean? Right. Like,
0: Men are horrible. Right. I don't want to be attracted to them. But <laughs> yeah, because his religious outlook and also mm-hmm. society was society. Look, I mean, we've come a long way since the like the late 70s. Even the nineties, mm-hmm. we've come a long way. Oh yeah. But yeah, this Steve and I like I said, let me go over the names real quick. I said okay. I'll just go over the names. I'm not gonna go a date, but here's some of the individuals that did have names. Mm-hmm. Stephen Crockett, Edgar Underfolk under Culfer, John Johnson. Steve Agan. Steve Agan was individual that said Larry was, was part of. Little was part of Mr. Little. Mm-hmm. John Roach, David Block, Irvin Gibson, John Bartlett, Michael Bauer, Richard Maine, Wayne, Jay Reynolds, Gustafa Herrera, Jimmy Roberts, Daniel McNeve, Richard Bruce, Ralph Kelsey, Eric Hansen, and then, of course, and finally, with Daniel Bridges. Now, the, But the problem is, also, there was someone that was not on, you know, nobody. there's no name, on an identified person on October 15th, 1983, in Jasper County, Caucasian age, 1826. October 18th, 1983, all these is 83. October 18th, Newton County, Indiana, African-American age, 15 to 18. Mm-hmm. October 18th, Newton County, Caucasian 17 to 23. December 7th, uh, in Hendricks County, Indiana, African American age 25 to 39. Mm-hmm. And April, Cook County, Caucasian age 16 to 19. So these are all unidentified bodies, which itself kind of says to me because where are their parents? Where's these people's family?
1: It It sounds like a lot of these people were either hitchhikers or they were sex workers you know what i mean yeah,
0: like you see that a lot
1: so they may have been estranged from their families or not in contact you know which is yeah. so sad
0: and a lot of religions do that too mm. and which is I'm, I'm going through a phase in my life which i don't know what i'm believing in, and and mm-hmm. a lot of people you know get get rid of their if they change the religions they'll actually i, I don't know what the tip the name for it was they'll just uh, get out of here we don't want nothing to do with you no more
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i
0: forgot what it's called but there you go, the Larry Eiler, the, mm. where John Wayne Gacy tugged over this guy. Because this was all not too far from John Wayne Gacy was at. Right. Because this is all Chicago area, Indiana. I think he was in Ohio and Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Nothing was it said Ohio, but I'm, I didn't see no bodies that actually came up in Ohio.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: So with further ado, sorry about this. Like I said, long day, and my notes <laughs> was in order. I was, and plus, I was trying to figure out what was important, what's not important, because I don't want to sit there. I could win on this. We could be talking hours about this. I mean, because that's a lot. So, yeah, much. Three times. Wait, no one, two, three times they arrested this man, mm-hmm. and three times he they let him go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of people freaked out. I would say, like the first one, if it would have stopped at the first one, it probably would have been ended it well. But after the, I mean, after the second arrest, it would save at least one person's life, which is very important. Mm-hmm. You know, one life loss is way too many mm-hmm. to this monster, especially in the, the way they di- he died. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. Hopefully, you're made it through this. Mushmouth episode for me, <laughs> not you. You did a wonderful job. <laughs> <You> <laughs> I gotta get back water. on the road and drive a little bit further. Mm-hmm. But as always, if you like what you hear, go rate and review me and Malice on Apple iTunes. As always, you could get. Let me where they can find you first.
1: Oh, sure. Um, I'm on pretty much any platform that you look. You can find me at Malice or if you search my name, Ariel Cooksey, which is A-R-I-E-L. Cooksey is Cook, S-E-Y. My show will come up. So I know Spotify is that way. You have to look for my name. But on social media, um, on Facebook, you can just search Malice Podcast on Instagram, it's Malice at Malice Pod. Twitter is at Malice Podcast. So and I'm always always up for a good chat, discussion, all
0: that Excellent. good stuff. <laughs> and you know where to find me at since you're listening to me right now, but you could get a hold of me at Gary at uh, Trucks on my Facebook page. Pretty much everything's truck Murder, besides mm-hmm. Twitter's Truck Murder mm-hmm. or Truckstopmurder at gmail.com. So Anything else to add?
1: I don't think so. I think okay, this, was, no. this was a really interesting story, though. I'm looking forward to next time and what you've got for yeah.
0: me. <laughs> I got a lot of stories. I wish I would have gotten my notes a little better. Like I said, I've it's been a rough week. I've been mm-hmm. kind of down the weather, setting the clock back really depressing because it'd be 6 o'clock in the afternoon. And it'd, be like, it'd be pitch black. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's, it's been bumming me out, too. <laughs> okay. So, furthermore, as always... And I like to end my podcast off with this, that you can't fix stupid, but you can sure numb it with a two by four. We're (laughs) out of here.